Are you envious because I am generous? The last should be first, and the first should be last. You know, our modern societies are, are, are all pretty much built on a system of transaction, economy of transactions, if you would. Um, you do X, and I will give you Y. If you do X minus 2, I'll either give you Y or I'll give you Y minus 2. It's a very transactional mindset. Uh, uh, and it, it works for, you know, labor, like you work for this many hours, I'll pay you at this rate for this many hours. It, it also works uh, for goods. We, we buy and we sell goods. You, this is $50, and I expect you get this. And if there's something wrong with this, I want my $50 back. It's a, trans, it's a very transactional mi- mindset. Um, and most of our economies uh, are, are like this. Uh, but in particular, American economy is built on this very transactional mindset. So if you don't deliver X, and I've paid for X, then I'm coming after you because you owe me X. That's the way transaction is very, very... Uh, it, 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 in one sense, it's very straightforward. It's straight. Now, we, always, we haven't always had society like that. Society hasn't always been built on such a transactional mindset, uh, although it has been for many, many, many years, and uh, of different varieties, different ways. Um, you see, that's why we find this gospel so hard, because the transaction doesn't make sense. Right? It, it, like, the equation just does not. The, econo- the economics of it just don't work for us. Right? And so it violates our, our sense of fairness. Like, like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Let's be honest. When you get that last one, gets a full day's labor, you go like, yeah, that's not fair. Right? I mean, we're thinking, and we may not say that. Like, we go like, yeah, that's not going to work. Because then the workers who go out the next day, uh, they'll say, I'll wait till 5 o'clock. Right? And that's what we all think, right? That, because we, we think in transactions. We think in, you do X, I do Y. You see, um, in one sense, it's, it's a contractual relationship. Even though we don't necessarily say, but like when I buy a goods, there's sort of an implicit contract that that good is, that's goods that I'm buying is what it's, you claim it to be. If I buy a vacuum cleaner and I bring home that vacuum cleaner, and it doesn't work, you've broken the contract. So I bring it back to you, and you say, I want my money back because the contract has been broken. Right? That's the way it went. It's the same with you. You buy a box of oranges at Costco, and half of them are rotten. What do you do? Bring them on back. And you say, you broke your contract. You don't say you broke the contract. No, I want my money back because you didn't deliver what you said you were. Now, here's the struggle is, while that's our economy, we tend to bleed over into our relationships, into our friendships, into our marriages. If you don't do X, I won't give you Y. And, and we even have it to the point where in a, in a, the contract of marriage is very much that. It's a contract of marriage. And if you don't, if you don't step up, then I'm done. I'm out of here. Uh, see, the reason why I bring that up is because that's not the way God works. That's not the way economy of salvation works. It may be the economy of our, our, our modern economies, but that's not the way economy of salvation works. 
The economy of salvation is a different logic. Or some might say no logic at all, but there is a logic. It just is not transactional logic. It's covenantal logic. Right, so in a contract, um, if you do X, I do Y. If you don't do X, I will not do Y. That's a contract. In a covenant, if you do X, I will do Y. If you don't do X, I still do Y. You go, huh? Yeah, that's, it's called a covenant. I commit to doing this, and whether you do your part or not, I'm going to do my part because that's the commitment I made. I made it to the covenant. I made it to God, and you are just one side. I'm the other side. I'm not breaking my side. Does, does that make sense? So thus it comes on that God says, I will love you no matter what, no matter what you do, and I want you to love me back. So if you go ahead and sin and leave me alone, I still love you back, God says. You see, his side, he never breaks his side of the covenant. We continually break our side of the covenant. Now, you see, that's the logic of today's gospel. And even 2,000 years ago, they found this hard to hear. So, like, we've been dealing with this transactional mindset for many years. It's not just a recent phenomenon, although it's taken to pretty much extreme in America, um, or most modern societies. But we have to go to the covenantal relationship. So how does that change us? How does that inform our lives? That's great. Okay, that's great theology. Thank you for explaining it. But how am I going to do that? Well, we, we have to examine our own. How can we be more covenantal unless and less contractual in our relationships? Man, we can't change the economy. And not, not are we interested in changing the economy to our Christian mindset. But we can recalibrate our relationships according to a covenantal mindset. So the, sort of how that comes out is that if you do X and you fail to do X, that I forgive you and I still do Y. I still love you even though you have hurt me. I will love you even though you have damaged our relationship. I will hold up my side of the covenant even though you may not. And by the way, there are times when we don't hold up our side of the covenant. And we pray and hope others will give us the break so that they can give us forgiveness and we are ready to forgive. And in all things, God is constantly holding up his side, his side of the covenant. So what would that look like in our day-to-day -day life? I think the best example, I think, is of a covenantal relationship is that of a grandparent to a grandchild. Because the contractual relationship as a parent to child might be still lingering there, but as a grandchild, it's not, grandparent's not there. They just showered them with love. They, Man, they don't care about the rules. Right, grandparents? You know the grandparents who just go, Oh, honey, give a, I'll give him some more candy. Who cares? And you go, like, you never did that for me when I was a child. Yeah, well, so what? Uh, right? It's the covenantal showering of God's love. Reck reckless, we would call it. But it's the best example I think we have. It is this reckless showering and showing up to the commitment of the covenant. So, not that we all 
want to be the same age as our grandparents, but if we act like our grandparents, sharing each other with love unconditionally, carelessly, recklessly, in a commitment to a covenant that we promised the Lord, that we will love in the same way that He loves us, that we will forgive in the same way that He forgives us. It's not a transaction. It's not a contract. It's a covenant. That's our discipleship, the commitment to love no matter what. It's really hard to hear when it's like this, but we're on the recipient end of that love. It's magical to hear. It's magical to experience. So today, as we come to receive the continued promise of His presence, His unconditional love in the body and the blood of Christ, when we receive that, we promise to become that and participate in the covenant of God's love in this world. And this world so needs a different economy. Let's give him this economy of salvation, God's unconditional love.